G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 72 of the Outback Mind podcast. Thanks very much for joining in, Michael Riscatelli. Would be certainly uh, in a lot of our minds still. Only retired a couple of years ago from football and um, played 243 games, I think it was, for Brisbane, but also the Gold Coast Suns. And Michael uh, and I have been sort of uh, having a chat um, about uh, him coming on the podcast, and he's, he's been really uh, graciously uh, gracious to accept my invitation, which is good because lots, lots of guys out there will, uh, will benefit from this chat going to talk a lot about um, mental health in football, what Michael sort of went through when he sort of was in the middle of that trade um, debacle, I suppose it was, uh, back in 2009, I'm pretty sure, with, uh, you know, him and Daniel Bradshaw and others sort of being um, floated about and eventually set it at the Gold Coast Suns and um, had a really good career there, was was part of the inaugural team and um, made vice-captain, was the team uh, in the team of the decades, uh, and he actually won the Brisbane uh, Lions Best and Fairest before he left too, which was probably pretty tough for him, uh, being able to you know be successful in that environment, such a, such a strong club uh, throughout that decade, uh, 2000 to 2010, and then uh, leaving sort of pretty much straight after to, uh, to join a new club, but Within that and within adversity, there's always opportunity, and I think he grabbed it by the hands, uh, with both hands, I should say, and um, made a made a real go of it at, uh, at Gold Coast. And it was really awesome to watch them in their early days with Gary Ablett and uh, and all them. We're going to talk about uh, the footy side of things, how he um, how he sort of observed, observed things at the Suns, uh, the better players that he played with, and and just just going through life in general and what he's doing now. So. Really uh, grateful for you joining in. Hope you enjoyed this conversation. Just want to make special mention to our primary partners, Green Nutritionals, Green Organic Superfoods. Really good products that support our physical and mental health, so please check them out. GreenNutritionals.com.au. Also, Pure Life Sprouted Bakery, bread that loves you back. So sprouted bread digests a lot better than normal bread um, that uh, most of us love. So <laughs> I really, um, really uh, recommend you checking their, their website out and their fantastic products which are available all around Australia, purelifebakery.com.au. Alrighty, listen to Michael and I going at it here. I think you're gonna uh, really uh, enjoy this conversation. Michael Riscatelli, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Uh, thanks for having me, mate. No worries. Very grateful for you uh, for joining in and sharing your journey with us, mate. Um, as you know, this podcast goes out to a lot of people throughout regional Australia, and um, a lot of the people that listen in are in um, in areas where they're quite isolated. So uh, it's good to hear, um, you know, people like yourself coming on and uh, and talking about your journey, and um, you know, having having the ability to be able to sort of reach out to these people, uh, you know, whether they be on a tractor or or just doing a general job in um, in various communities, I think it's great for, for, for guys like yourself to you know spend your time and share your time and, and your journey with uh, people like myself that um, that can you know really help. Um, oh, I believe people like yourself can really help others to um, you know lift them up and also you know yeah. create uh, some awareness around mental health as well, mate. So really grateful for you being here. No, no troubles at all. It's um, yeah, it's it's 
it's such an easy thing to you know reach out and um, yeah I'm glad that you that you reached out and it, you know it doesn't really take much these days to with all the ability to touch base with you know your social platforms so I mean you know anything that can um, can sort of help or you know even just um, you know discuss um, chat about you know particular things that are going on in the world I mean anything that can help you know people and um, break up the cycle a little bit is um, yeah it's it's always a, a pleasure to um, you know share your view and, and and whatnot. Absolutely appreciate it, mate. Now let's talk a bit about your journey coming from Melbourne and um, like where you were brought up, what what sort of part of Melbourne, how your footy career sort of uh, started down there, and obviously you got drafted I think in two thousand and three. So sort of coming, I think you were probably in the Tech Cup and so forth, uh, but pretty private prior to that. Is that right? Yeah, so, yeah, correct. So my journey, um, I grew up in, in Melbourne uh, in a, uh, the western suburbs um, in, in a place called St Albans. Uh, right, so many people would know it's around that, that's Sunshine, um, you know, Keelor and Tullers Lakes um, area. So all my um, my junior footy I played uh, was at Keelor Footy Club. It's a really good footy club. Um, that was the EDFL League. I could have played for the WRFL League, um, but I, for, for whatever reasons, I, I didn't play because I actually didn't like the grounds. Mm. So my dad um, used to play for Mini Valley back in the day, and he was pretty good, pretty good player from all reports. Um, but yeah, he showed me the Killer Footy Ground, which is probably the closest out of all the, the leagues, uh, all the sorry, all the grounds um, from the EDFL League. And yeah, I was just. It was just pretty much, you know, the first time I seen it, I was like, yep, that's the one. So um, that pretty much happened from an early age of about uh, nine, I think it was, when I first started, because I, I knew that I wanted to play footy when I was really, really young, um, just because I just loved it. And it was just one of those things where I was really young and um, just just loved having a kick out the front of of my, um, of my house. And, you know, I remember I just used to, even if there was no one at the front, because I had an older brother, if it wasn't him, I'd just go out the front and I had these two trees at the front um, of my house and I just used to, you know, go back and, and pretend that I was at the MCG or or um, or anywhere really, but I just got a lot of joy out of kicking the footy at the front. Also, on the weekends, just uh, listening to the radio and having to kick. So that was pretty much my uh, my childhood was, was all footy and... Um, I can just remember the whole weekends was just footy, 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 and um, and it wasn't pressured or anything like that. My dad loved footy, I loved footy, and it was just a good way to to get out. I didn't think of anything other than you know um, anything else really, but um, I just been really enjoyed seeing um, the the players, you know, even at a local competition for Kilo. I just used to love being out there on the weekends and play and watch the seniors and. Um, even in summertime, I didn't really play cricket, didn't really like it. Um, so any chance that I got, I just, you know, had a footy with me and just, just loved the game. And um, yeah, for whatever reasons, that was something that I didn't really get bored with. Um, I went to I went to a school nearby that, um, you know, I wasn't the greatest of, uh, of students. Um, it wasn't something that, you know, I was going to be really academic at all, but... You know, obviously got through, and um, my dream was to play footy, the AFL. But you know, I think the realization of, you know, could that be a possibility, um, didn't really hit me until around there when I was about 
probably 15 or, or 16 when I started to just to get noticed a little bit with um, uh, some recruiters and whatnot. Um, I remember I got a letter from Geelong, and that was probably a year for maybe maybe 2000. Um, so I was starting to think, well, hang on, I must be doing something right. Um, so I played for the the Western Jets at the TAC Cup level. Um, and from there on then, I I just managed to to play, you know, I think reasonable games um, when I was about 17, I think it was. Um, and I didn't have a really good year that year only because I was injured. I think I had a bit of groin or osteoporosis previously, used to call back in the day. So, yeah, yeah. so when I was 17, I was only played about, I think, seven or eight games in the tax in the tack league, and um, so I didn't really think much of it. I thought, okay, um, it doesn't look like I'll probably get drafted because I haven't played, you know, that many games. So what I'll do is when I finish school, I'll just, you know, get a trade or, or do an apprenticeship and then really try and have a crack that following year. Mm. Turns out that that was the year that, you know, I was going to get picked up and drafted um, just by chance and, and probably a little bit of luck. I do remember one of those games, I think it was in Canberra, where I had a really, really good game. Mm. Um, so to give you an idea of, you know, that I didn't, you know, to have any idea that I was going to get drafted was that the, one of the, um, uh, sorry, the, I went to my school formal, uh, school social, which was the day before the, the AFL draft. Yeah. Um, and I got back, you know, not, not, not too late at all, but, you know, with, without even thinking about, you know, the possibility of getting drafted. But the next morning I was actually in bed and uh, Dad actually woke me. I'm not too sure what, what you know, time the the, uh, the draft was on, but, you know, I was still in bed, so I didn't actually have any inclination that I was going to get picked up at all. It was just purely by a little bit of luck um, that, you know, on that particular day, the weeks leading into one of the games, I must have played pretty well, and um, it was just by sheer little bit of luck. But um, I suppose... When I look back on it now, it's, you know, probably not just that particular game, but it's probably from all the times, you know, all the training and all the extra days that I was doing some, you know, training on the weekends. And there was a bit of a group of us that used to go to Brimbank Park and um, do some extras and hill runs and whatnot. So I suppose when you look at it, yes, it's a little bit of luck, but all those years at such a young age trying to, you know, get an advantage of everyone else with, you know, even my dad used to, I used to go and get to a, a dietitian um, when I was probably about you know, 12, mm-hmm. just to see if I could eat, you know, just to see if I could eat different foods and, and get a little bit bigger because I was pretty skinny as a young kid. So um, just trying to build up a bit more muscle and um, trying to eat the right foods just to give me that little bit of an advantage, um, you know, to, you know, other other players and whatnot. So, um, so that was a bit of a... Yeah, it, it was it was very surreal to be able to to get to get a phone call. You know, straight away when the draft happened, the, it was just phone calls. My phone was going off, um, and and not really knowing exactly what, what was going to happen. Or, um, but I was the last pick of that year, so I was pick sixty one. So I was I was the last pick of uh, of the draft um, for the Lions, and um, yeah, as soon as that happened, you know, the sort of my world changed and. Mm. Um, I could, you know, I could say that I, I would have gone anywhere. Um, wouldn't have mattered, you know, if I was playing, you know, at the end of the world. But um, as a kid, my dream was to play footy. And, 
you know, fortunately enough, I, I got the opportunity to play. How was it, um, like, from, from that day, like, how much transition time did you have between leaving home and getting up there and, and getting into it? Yeah, so I, I remember I had about two weeks, and I was 17, so, um, you know, I, I probably didn't have a, a lot of time, but I, I had a little bit of time to, you know, say goodbyes and um, spending a little bit of time with, with the family and whatnot, so... It was uh, it was probably it was just more exciting than anything because you know not really knowing what what was going to happen or, or um, you know you're going from just you know doing regular things to um, you know going to friends places and going to schools and just playing local footy and the next minute you know you get a call and you're on a flight to um, to play or to train and, and, and be a part of uh, Brisbane Lions so um, it was probably the best club to go to at, the st- at that stage because uh, the Lions were going on to, you know, their, their fourth um, premiership in a row. So if I was going to go anywhere, that's probably the team to go to learn and develop. Incredible. Mitch Mitch Morton's been on and he, he did his exams and the next morning he was training with the Eagles, you know. <laughs> it was just... just well, uh, just, it's amazing yeah, how, yeah. how things can happen so quickly. Um, and, you know, it's... I don't know, it's one of those things that sometimes, you know, we, we all need a little bit of luck, um, you know, just with opportunities and whatnot. And... Um, sometimes opportunities come later than others and, and some come early than others. So I feel like if you've got, you know, like some really good support networks that you can lean off um, and are not afraid to ask questions, and I can remember asking, you know, questions from day dot, you know, mm. just to even what, what do I wear to the club? Um, mm. Do I wear the, the kit that they've given me or do I just, you know, come in and wear just whatever? So even just silly questions that uh, might sound, you know, yourself, that it might not, you know, be sounding right, but um, yeah, I was just trying to learn as much as I could because you know I walked through the door. I remember it was like it was yesterday, and then there was going down the race, and the first time I've been to the Gabba, uh, and then there was um, you know Bossy, and there was Lappin, and um, the Scott boys, and so mm. it was just straight away you know it hit you like a ton of bricks. Yeah, yeah. How did they treat you? Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. It was um, you know my mind was everywhere. Um, but I don't know. It was it was definitely a, a pinch myself moment because there, um, yeah. I mean, who was to say if you, you know, if you were to tell me, you know, at seven, eight years of age that you're going to get drafted and, and and play for you know one of probably the arguably the probably one of the best um, footy sides to date mm. um, that you know you're going to be a part of that. So it was yeah definitely a surreal moment. It was obviously you know every every person has dreams and and. And whatever that is, um, but yeah, mine was, was was to play footy. Like a lot of people that are, you know, um, that grow up in Melbourne, it's in your blood. So um, yeah, it was it was uh, such a dream, and um, and just trying to you know not waste that opportunity. How did you? Uh, so you didn't play any games in your first or second year, or did it take you a while to sort of find your feet there? Oh, yeah, it definitely took a while. There's, there's so many things to learn. Um, I played my first year. I played one game only because it was my debut game. So I got got a game because of Sean Hart, who had a migraine. Mm-hmm. So it's a good story about this one. It was um, on the Saturday. Um, pretty much just got a call out of the blue in the morning when I was going to play uh, for the reserves. Um, usually the reserves play obviously first, and the seniors play you know in the afternoon, but. My call was just, yeah, pretty much in the morning saying, listen, Sean Hart's pulled out. 
he's got a migraine, so you know, on the back of your good works leading up, um, yeah, we decided to go with you. So it's going to be your debut, and um, it was a bit of a mad dash for my parents at that stage because um, they obviously had to let my folks know, uh, make sure they could get flights. Um, I think Dad, I believe, had to possibly work on that day. I'm not too sure, but as soon as they arrived at the Gabba. Um, the game started, so as they got to the Gabba, they were, you know, walking down the stairs, the ball was bounced. Jeez. So they did a great job of getting yeah, my folks to to the game and my brother. Um, so, you know, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a way that it actually worked out okay, so I didn't have to think about it too much the night before if I was going to play, whereas it was just, you know, it was just sprung on me. So mm. I didn't have, um, you know, too much to think about. So, um, yeah, so it was, a, it was a great game. I remember it like it was yesterday. I kicked two goals. Um, the first half, I didn't, didn't get anywhere near it because I was I was actually shit myself because, you know, I was playing forward and um, you've got Lynch here, you've got Bradshaw, and then you've got um, John Brown. Mm. That was... Uh, so I didn't want to get anywhere near them or disturb them. So <laughs> um, so as a seven-year-old, I was yeah, very conscious of not getting in their way. Jeez. And you um, had Lee, Lee, then, Lee Matthews as coach, is that right? Yeah, so Lee Matthews is coach that... Um, which was yeah, very very good. He just yeah, sat me down at half time and said, "Mate, don't be you know don't be a spectator. Go out there and get it." So um, I don't know if that was something that you know in 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 some way got me out of my skin, but um, I managed to just you know position myself in some good good positions and um, ended up kicking a couple of goals. So it was uh, yeah, it was definitely a, um, a game to remember. What was it like that night for you? Yeah, it was such a, it was such a, um, you know, uh, when I look back at it now, um, just a pinch myself moment because I actually used to, when I was a kid, I used to, I, I grew up barracking for resident and, and when I got to the footy club, I was actually, um, you know, I got introduced to Blake Carousella and I actually stayed with him for a few months. Yeah, right. So being able to, you know, stay with Blake Carousella when I first got there, um, then play, um, and actually played, you know, with Blake Carousella and kicking kicking a couple of goals. So it's um, yeah, to to be introduced, you know, and and on your debut to have you know have an impact, I suppose. But it was just about getting out there and um, you know taking and soaking it all in. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was definitely you know such a um, a wonderful experience. Oh mate, yeah, you, you you really need to be proud of yourself. Obviously, that moment to where it sort of took you, but. I just would like to know, like, geez, Jonathan Brown was pretty wild back then, and you know, you had Alistair Lynch, like, so such imposing sort of figures. Um, you were around that as a young fellow. Like, how long did it take you to feel comfortable in that environment? Yeah, it's such a good question. That I mean, a lot of the time, you know, I suppose in any field, or but especially with with sport and and, and AFL, there's there's a lot of um, you know, self-doubt. In my case, there was, you know, self-doubt and I suppose a sense of belonging. You know, do I belong or do I, am I going to make it? Um, because there's so many times when you're out there and you know you can play footy, like you know you're actually you're a pretty good player, but there's such a huge jump from playing, um, you know, the reserves um, to actually, you know, playing in an AFL competition, let alone, you know, being in the team consistently. So, um, yeah, the, the guys and, uh, and a lot of the because there was so many uh, mature guys at, at the time, you could actually speak to so many other people um, that were 
you know, probably went through the same thing as what you did. And um, so there was lots of things that I was trying to pick up along the way. And a really good um, player at the time that I, you know, when I went through some times where I didn't know if I was actually going to make it or um, was, was Nigel Lappin. And he was yeah. like a, a huge help for me personally. Mm. Um, just to, you know, speak about things that he would have went through the same thing, you know, am I actually good enough? Um, does any, did, you know, do the teammates like me? Um, but the footy world is so, it's so busy and competitive that you probably overthink a lot of the stuff as well when you're young mm. because, um, you know, everyone's got their own uh, life going on and they're in the same position. They're trying to survive and they're just trying to, you know, win and, and trying to stay in the team. But um, the good thing is, Back then, it was such a, a, a very, very tight group. Um, and so you could pretty much talk about anything to, you know, a lot of the players and it made you feel really, really comfortable. Mm, yeah, mate. Jeez, I'm thinking about some of the the, the, the people who would have been in that environment, like Acker and, um, um, God, you had Simon Black and, and guys like that. Yeah. Bloody tremendous, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, just, there's, I look back at now, I was like, I was so lucky because there was absolute champions everywhere. But there is so many good players and to get those players, you know, to train with and to be around with, you know, every day is, um, yeah, it was, it's, it was such a, uh, such a blessing. Um, and, you know, you don't realise it, but, you know, it's probably the, the, the best group of uh, players that I've ever, you know, been a part of um, and probably the most for a lot of other players out there because I was just really young and, and didn't understand how difficult it was to, to win a footy game, but let alone um, play in grand finals and making them and winning it, you know, and they're going on to their fourth grand final in a row, which is um, which is absolutely um, when you think about it, yeah, it's ridiculous, especially in a day where you know there's so many other teams that are trying to do the same thing, but um, you know they just managed to, to do it so well. That was the year that they lost to Port Adelaide, is that right? Yeah, so Port Adelaide won that year. Um, I actually went to the went to the game um, and, and watched the boys lose. But um, yeah, it's it, it was yeah. I um, you know I remember being in the rooms after the game and it was it was just so it was just dead quiet. Mm. There wasn't anyone you know. They just took it all really really hard. And, um, and you look back and you think, well, they could have probably just said, you know, well we've been in three grand finals, but. You know, the guys really, really wanted to, to win that, that, that last one because it meant so much. Mm. Um, because at that time, you know, everyone was getting a little bit older. So the probably window of, window of opportunity was uh, was probably, that's probably the last one they could have, you know, um, could have won it. But, you know, you just, you, you've got to win it on the day. And as they say, it's, it's anyone's game on, on any given day, especially grand finals. And, um, yeah, Port just were able to um, just play a little bit better. Interesting. I remember because I played golf at Royal uh, Royal Melbourne <laughs> that day, and okay. then I, I yeah. was I was watching it. At, uh, yeah, I remember it, mate. And um, I wasn't a big Port Adelaide fan, you know. I didn't like the colours too much or anything, and yeah. I was pretty disappointed. But anyway, it was a bit of an end of an era there. But um, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's um, no, they were good side. They had some good players. Um, well deserved. So let's sort of go through it a bit from there, mate. You played there for a few years, and obviously one of the things yep. I, I mentioned I was going to talk to you about was when you sort of exited the Lions, you know, there was a bit mm-hmm. of controversy and that going on then. What was that like for you? 
Yeah, so how old was I? I was probably about 20, I think it was about 23, I think it was 23 maybe. Um, yeah, you know what? It's not. It's it's one of those things. It it happens, right? Um, it's a part of footy. It's it's one of those things that it's always going to be there. Um, but in saying that, when it happens, you know, to you, it's it's probably a little bit of a different story um, because it's not something that you want to leave. Mm. That um, you know, because you've built up so much you know, relationships and you work so hard. And um, but you know, I look back on it now and. It was just about how you how you dealt with it, and um, I can remember getting the call, and you know, obviously was was pretty shattered about it, um, and you just wanted to be like I always wanted to just be, um, you know, the one club player, and just because of the lines give me you know a great opportunity. But in saying that, you know, things happen, um, and the good thing about footy is that it teaches that you've got to be able to, to you know adjust and shift and pivot, mm-hmm. um, and you know you just got to get on with things and. Um, I thought at that time where I can do two things. I can sort of, you know, be really, really shitty with them or I can just, um, I remember I had a year left and I was just, you know, talking to some friends and family and I was like, well, I'm just going to hang around for a year and give it all I got and then if they don't want me, then, you know, I'm happy to leave. Mm. So um, so I sort of worked really, really hard that year, you know, wanting to prove a point. Um, yeah, not only to the club, but more to myself because at that stage it wasn't, um, I'd show, definitely show it in glimpses, but I probably wasn't really, really consistent as I would like to have been. Mm. Mm. So I really knuckled down hard and, um, you know, it's, you feel like you, you, you're always in pre-seasons working so hard because, um, you know, they say the pre-seasons, they just don't get any easier and, and it's true. Um, so, you know, I come back and I was really, really focused, really determined to, to prove to myself that, yep, this is the year that I'm going to, you know, establish myself. Um, and it was a bit of a, uh, a sort of make or break year for me anyway. Um, and, yeah, I, I put together, like, a really, really good season. I had a really good pre-season. Um, you know, I don't think I missed missed many sessions at all um, that year, which was, um, which you know, was, was really, really difficult, you know, in sort of the past with having little niggles and trying to actually, you know, get used to your body. And that's one of the things that, you know, I can go back to your point earlier, your question about, you know, when you get to a footy club is a lot of you, you learn so much about your body and what you can, you know, what you can do and what you can't do and how much you can push through. Mm. And the more times that you can get through games and training, you can actually understand um, if you can push your body because there's some days where you, where you get to a training session um, or a footy game and it's, you know, something's come up, whether it's tightness or you've just got a knock, you don't, you're, not, you're not sure how you got it, but um, just little nigglies and you sort of can, you know, you almost can be self-sustainable because all the physiotherapy that you get done, you sort of can understand what they're saying, um, you know, with your body, what's what's happening, why is it doing this, and you have the conversation with the physio. So you sort of build up a relationship with the physios, obviously, and, and knowing how your body is. So, mm. um, so yeah, I, I was just really determined that year to, you know, give it all I've got. Um, and I was going to be, you know, if I was to, um, you know, finish up that year, I was going to be, I was prepared to, you know, say, okay, I'll give it a really good crack um, because, I, yeah, I, left, I didn't leave anything out there. Mm, mate, unbelievable. Um, that, did you win the best and fairest that year? Yeah, I did. There was a couple of guys that were out that year. I think uh, I think Blackie might have been out for a few games that year, and possibly Brownie, mm. and maybe a couple of others. So I was probably 
in a way, um, yeah, a little bit, a uh, little bit lucky. But you know, I had a really good preseason. I was playing some really good footy, so um, yeah, it sort of was just a fitting. Um, yeah. I suppose it was a bit of a reward, mate. Um, unbelievable. So I was really excited when when the sun started and and what what sort of was going on with that. I'd really like you to talk us through what it was like to go into a new club, which was basically, you know, in its foundation and coming together with all these guys that you'd never really knew before. How how did you find it all? Yeah, it was it was you know what it was. Um, I th- yeah, my time I think I reckon was was done at the Lions. You know, it, it was two thousand nine, and um, I remember making uh, making finals, and then that year there was a bit of you know. Bit of stuff happening, so I was like, "Oh, something." I might as well, you know, need a fresh start. So I was happy to move. Um, that's on really, really good terms. I still go to the games now, um, but yeah, the, the whole new experience with the Suns was yeah, it was very exciting, and, and I suppose it was an opportunity to, to be a part of something, you know, right from the beginning. Which, you know, not a lot of players get the opportunity because they're really established. Mm. Um, so I thought, you know, it'd be great, a great way to, you know, have an input or have some, you know, if, even if you want to call it some sort of control, but to have my little bit of a piece and my little bit of a say into how the footy club um, can get started and, um, yeah, having other players from different clubs as well is going to bring, you know, so much experience and um, knowledge to, to the group and, um, and just being able to assist with a lot of young guys that we're going to be coming and just understanding that it's going to be obviously very difficult to get these guys to understand what it's going to take. But, um, yeah, at the beginning, it was, yeah, it was exciting. And, um, you know, there was definitely, definitely some glimpses um, of hope with, um, with making a uh, finals and whatnot. Because, you know, you just, I've never played that many finals. You played two finals, I think. Um, so just the, the the want to play finals was uh, was high on the agenda, absolutely. Yeah, with all those new guys, and I, I you, you, we had a chat about uh, about it, and uh, a couple of guys I know sort of come into the system. And one was Aaron Hall, and um, yeah, talked about racism and things. I know he copped a bit when he was in Hobart, and um, obviously uh, a little bit up there. But you had lots of Indigenous players playing with you. Was that sort of part of the fabric then, or was it pretty well eliminated? Uh, well, no, it was, it was it was actually really good to have, um, you know, um, a lot of, you know, Aboriginals to play because they're, they're, they just, they're, 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 oh, I'm actually jealous because they're so quick and, you know, they, they, just, they just read the ball, you know, so much quicker than you know, I could ever read and um, it's, it's just a bit sad that we, you know, that we talk about this stuff, you know, still, you know, even to this day. That we still talk about, you know, racism and um, and things happening on the footy field, which which blows my mind because um, to think that people are just thinking about that when there's so much, you know, so much happening in the world today that um, this is, you know, on the agenda for whatever reason. I'm not too sure. Um, these people behind these keyboards and these social platforms that they're on, um, there needs to be. I feel like there needs to be, you know, uh, a much harsher penalty um mm. there needs to be something because what what's happening at the moment it's not really working mm. um and the, the idea that we sort of protect people that you know 
uh, are saying these things, I, I feel like it's wrong, um, personally, because um, the way that you can um, change people is, is, is by, you know, actually, um, you know, with their accountability. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not nice. You know, I would like to be... Um, you know, getting called that sort of stuff, especially on you know the social stuff. But it's got nothing to do with with footy and um, with you know the individual. Just because of you know what colour or whatnot. Like I think it's all it's just it's just garbage, really. Um, just people on the keyboard. They've got nothing better else to do besides you know um, they're, they're obviously not bright mm. and probably well educated as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I certainly see it with some compassion if if that sort of stuff pops up and. You know, it was probably when you were a young fellow, when I was a young fellow, it was, it was quite quite out there, you know, and it's certainly changed a hell of a lot now. But, um, you know, I don't want to give it too much energy because really it's, uh, it's something that, um, that is non-existent. We're all, we're all humans. It doesn't matter where we're from and uh, all that type of thing. And um, at the end of the day, I guess, um, yeah, things are, are changing. They've changed a lot, but there's still a little bit of a way to go. One thing that I remember fondly was Carmichael Hunt kicking a goal after the siren in Cairns. Were you playing that game? Yeah, yeah, playing up in Cairns um, against the Tigers. Uh, yeah, I can remember it like it was uh, like it was yesterday. It was, um, yeah, you just would have thought who you know out of all the players to kick a goal after the siren, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and it was Carmichael Hunt, and you just couldn't write a better way to finish off the game. And um, you know, I was just praying that he kicked that goal because. It was. I was so tired that game. It was such a hard game, um, uh, but it was just. Uh, it was just such a, a a great feeling that we could, you know, um, win a game after the siren, mm. and it just goes to prove that you know with footy it can change so quickly because you know that was the Tigers um, that we managed to beat, and I believe twice we beat them um, up in the Cairns. Mm. Um, anyway, and a few years later they become one of you know one of the. Um, the best footy sides you know to date so yeah. um, things you know that, that old terminology of footy can, you know it can happen it can change pretty quickly well that's you know mm. that's a that's a um, that's a given right there absolutely mate that was that was I used to love watching you know you guys because of him and Gary Ablett and yourself and so forth and it was just so exciting so so someone like Carmichael Hunt like they come out of out of another sport. I saw him as a really hard worker, and we we all know how hard Gary Ablett worked. You know, it would have been amazing to be around guys that had that sort of work ethic. Yeah, with with Kay, he was yeah he was always very um, willing to, to learn and um, to know you know um, you know where to stand and, and sort of because he did play a little bit of footy, so he wasn't you know it wasn't someone that didn't have an, any idea at all with footy. Um, but I mean, it's just trying to get that advantage. Um, so he was always, you know, willing to, to chat and ask questions about so, which I thought was really, really good. And mm. um, and, and obviously having Gaz, um, some of the stuff that he was, being, you know, that he was able to do on the field was just um, you sort of can't teach that. Mm. You know, you can you can train as hard as you want, but you, it's just, he's just one of those freaks that he just he just knows that you know where the ball's going to go before you know, anyone else and. Um, yeah, I just remember being, you know, playing playing alongside him and um, just some of his games, what he can do, and um, yeah, it blows my mind with what what he was doing. Um, you know, sometimes even single handedly winning games for for the club, um, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it was just it was amazing to be a part of. 
no. constantly getting like 40 possessions, you know, every every week. It was. Oh, there was one of the years, I'll tell you what, he was getting, I think it was probably 2013 or something where I don't think he had a massive pre-season either. So he wasn't on the track much. He was on the bike, but in my case, if I don't, you know, get K's in the legs in a pre-season, you know, I... I really start slow in the, in the season um, because I haven't built up all that, you know, that power and strength and endurance that you need. Mm. Um, but he was just, you know, I think the first four or five games he was getting, you know, the forties and kicking three or four goals a game. And I, I just didn't, I just didn't know how he was doing it. It was almost like there was, you know, he had a twin um, mm. to be able to do what he was doing. Plus, getting tagged and you know, double teamed, and um, so it was. Yeah, he, he definitely, um, he definitely earned his money. He had uh, tremendous core strength. You know, that was one thing. He just couldn't get knocked over, I, I thought. And, you know, I saw him uh, doing some, some fitness stuff um, when he was at the Suns with battle ropes and that sort of thing. And, and he was just so pivoted. He, he couldn't get knocked over, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, he was, he was really strong. You know, he, he was one of those guys. He was like a cat. He just couldn't. He's always laying on his feet, um, never on the ground. And that was, you know, a, a reason... Um, why he was able to, you know, always still be involved in the contest because very rarely did you see him go to ground, and mm. and that's the, the difference with some, you know, really really good players out there. If you look at the really top players, they really go to ground, mm. um, and and that was his strength. He was he was just really solid and strong and um, in his legs. What was it like to lose him? To lose him? Yeah. Yeah, there was, there was, you know, there was. You don't, you don't like to lose, you know, anyone in footy clubs, but you understand reasons for, for wanting to, you know, to leave, you know, and for, for reasons for family and whatnot. So you can understand it. it obviously, it's because um, you've built up such a good relationship with your teammates. There's, um, you know, it, it, it hits a bit, and um, yeah, you just got to respect it, and you know, and it's if it's. It's all for the best for the, for the individual at the end of the day. Mm, that's, yeah, well said. Mate, um, with regards to the best players you played with, would he be one of them and who would the other two be? Uh, yeah, so Gaz would be, yeah, he was just a freak. Um, so it's almost like a video game where you're, you're playing soccer or, you know, you, you just go to the play and you know he's going to kick the goal. He's just one <laughs> of those players that... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just unbelievable. Um, I'd have to say for one of the other players that you know was just one of it was similar to, to Gaz was um, was Simon Black because he was just so reliable. Um, you know, in pivotal moments when you needed someone to do something, um, and he was always that guy that no matter how tired he was. He was always able to, you know, um, find a way to get that handball out or mm. um, kick to an advantage or just something that you needed. And, you know, you talk about looking to up to your leaders and whatnot. And I was still relatively, you know, young. I was 23, 24 when I was playing sort of consistently. But, you know, I just still remember looking up to him thinking, you know, I'm playing with Simon Blackie, one of the greatest players ever. Mm. Um, and he was just able to always, you know, want to help you know the, the team as well and always directing you know be here be there and um, and just helping but also just when you needed someone to you know turn the game on or just be in that pivotal moment you know Blackie was always that man um, and another guy that 
was also probably didn't get as much accolades as um, as Blakey, but obvious, but still very, very, um, very, very good in my books was, was Nigel Lappin. He was like the, the one that just, you know, just got things done, um, never complained. Was someone that you know you could talk to, and and um, was such a a massive help, you know, for me personally. But yeah, just his ability to just you know run all day, um, which which in itself is you know takes a lot of courage. And you know he'd probably hate me talking about this, but um, he was he was someone I really looked up to, um, and and had a lot to do with me, you know, going forward and and being the player that I was able to become. They they both struck me as nice blokes. Yeah, very very easy going, very nice. Mm. Um, you know, one of those. You know, it's it's no different to you know, you know, just the average day that you know you kind of talk to and you know talk about anything really. It's just mm. um, you know sometimes getting on a pedestal, if you want to call it, or um, people putting you know a, a name to you know something else. But you know, these guys are just you know just. Just relax and average and, and just, you know, you can talk about anything really. But mm. the good thing is when it was time to, you know, really, really focus and play and switch on, well, yeah, it meant everything. And um, and that was the ability to, you know, to really, really turn it on. And, um, and you knew that once you were playing footy with them and even in training, um, so focused and wanted to get the best out of themselves, you know, every session. Mm. And it's a lot of people talk about that, you know, you know, get the best out of Well, how do you get the best out of yourself? You know, it's, it's doing it when you don't want to do it. It's doing things when no one's watching. Um, you know, doing it one more time. Um, doing it when you're tired. So all these things that um, most people will probably think that, you know, they've done enough or they'll probably do more and they do do more. Mm, um, that's it. So, yeah, it was, it's a really, it was a really good learning curve too because, you know, after training, when I was, you know, absolutely knackered from training and these guys were still training extras. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, dragging me with them as well. So that's what, you know, you, that's how you get that little bit of extra. Yeah. And I'm sure they wouldn't have wanted to do it anyway, but they knew um, that doing more at the time, you know, um, under fatigue was, you know, going to get that little bit more out of out of themselves. Yeah, interesting. Um, I, I won't talk about my own sort of fitness journey, but I was never a good footballer. But um, I got into fitness late and I used to, like, I used to do run, like I used to run that. I always used to do extra. So if I, there was a 10K, oh, yeah. 10K event, I'd run as hard as I could for 15K. So the 10K be easy. And yeah. um, and then I'd, uh, I'd talk to footy players. I said, you've got to go hard for 40 minutes, 45 minutes, you know, uh, yeah. when you yeah. train. So, you, so a quarter becomes easy because you're getting stop starts in, in quarters. But if you can really train your body to, to move quickly for a period of time and carry load and, and, and learn how to, to deal with stress, then you're going to be able yeah. to find that um, you'll be able to run out, you know, your games and that's so much better than your opponents. Do you reckon that's probably a, a good mindset to have when you're, when you're sort of, um, uh, you know, when you're in uh, combat? To be able to, yeah. You've got, you got it yep. in your tank, yeah. yeah. I definitely think so. It's preparing for, you know, you're, you're training for, you know, the worst really. So if you can, if you can, have a training session that is linked to pretty much game day. Well, mm-hmm. when you get to game day, you sort of you train for it, so you're prepared for it. So if you're training and then you wait for game day to turn it on, well, it's 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 too late. Mm-hmm. So um, you know that's how guys get injured in, in training because um, you know they're they're training, but you know it's 
it's at a um, it's at a level where it's you know on par with with game day. So you've got to train to that same standard, or else you know the, as you, as you've just touched on there, you, you get to the game day and your your opponents are um, you know they've been training you know like that every day. Mm. So you can't really pick and choose. You've got to have that that mentality of you know every training session counts, and you've got to be able to train like. Like it's game day. Mm, that's right, and and really, yeah, it's just about getting out there and executing, isn't it? I suppose when uh, when you already know what to do, you've just got to get out there and, and, and get the job done. And um, I really, I really observe, I admire Richmond, obviously, because they were able to sort of settle their minds before they started playing. That was a big part of their um, their, their their transformation. But um, yeah, one thing I sort of learned years ago, Michael was. When, when you're in tension consistently, um, you, you do run out of petrol tickets, but if you're able to sort of keep your mind reasonably calm and placid more in the moment, then uh, you can perform better because your body's already conditioned enough to, to do uh, what it needs to do and, and get the job done, I suppose. Yeah, and that comes with training. Like, it's, it all comes out of training. It's, you know, if you can train your body the way, you know, that you, that you want to, you know, leading up to the games, and that's, you know, it's all starts in pre-season, um, it, you know, it, it's 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 like anything. If you were training to, you know, to play guitar and mm. you've got a concert coming up, or you wouldn't want to, you know, hoping that you're gonna, you know, do a really good performance, you know, and wait the whole week and then get to Saturday and then I'll, I'll try it. Then where it's, mm. you know, it, it starts, you know, straight away when you can pick up the guitar. You've got, you know, a week to go. Well, then, you know, your, your training is if you're. You know, preparing for your concert, you know, every day. Mm, so then, when you go out there, it's you know, it becomes second nature. And um, because every every footy player um, that gets picked up, you know, they yeah, you know, they're, they're not they're, they're good footy players. So they kick the ball, they can handle well. Um, yes, they're not going to be probably as good as um, you know other teammates or other players, but you know, they they can do most what other guys can do. But it's just about you know, as you said, who can um, affect it the best. Mm. That's who right. can execute it the best, you know, and under pressure. And because the game's moved so fast in the last, you know, 10 years, um, guys are getting fitter and, and stronger. Um, and it's just a matter of who can execute it the best and, and especially uh, under pressure. Um, because the game is just now, it's just every every piece of play, there's, there's pressure. Because yeah. um, if, if you look back 20 years ago, you see vision of guys that, you know, let's say someone's got it in the half-back flank um, and the the camera view is just, there's plays everywhere. And, you know, they'll have 20 metres on their opponent and you're like, well, why don't you use them? Mm. Um, but, you know, back in the day, they just used to, they, they just needed to, you know, kick long down the contest, get it to big guys, get it to ground, forwards pick it up, mm. um, kick, it, kick it longer. Whereas now is, you know, there is, you know, if you've got two or three metres on your opponent, they use it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they, and they train it all the time. That's what they do now because um, you know all, they talk about all this you know team defence and um, you got to see it, you use it. You know, don't be afraid to go in the middle. So all these things that can try and open up the game mm. is um, yeah. That's why there is so much pressure now. Cat and mouse. Really interesting when the the flooding thing came in. How how much controversy was around that? But I tell you what, it's oh, was that the subbing? Ah, flooding. When oh, funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. How much it's actually changed since then, you know. But another thing that's changed, mate, is is mental health and um, you know, player yep. mental health. And I reckon you would have observed quite a bit over the years. 
you know, with, with guys that we maybe saw that maybe a bit loose or, or whatever or misbehaved a certain way and, and that. And, um, you know, there's been quite a few guys come onto this podcast, ex-footy players that have sort of opened up about their own personal journeys. And we would not have even recognised um, in the early days some of the guys that, um, that, that were challenging and what might have actually gone on behind the scenes for them. But now it's um, a different world with regards to that and people are starting to become a little bit more open and honest about uh, what's actually gone on for them, which is a uh, you know, key contribute to their behaviour, but also, you know, the, the, the episodes of maybe anxiety and depression, which are, you know, reasonably common in modern society now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's huge. I mean, it's, as you just touched on, probably the last, yeah, the last sort of four or five years, it's, it's um, yeah, it's becoming more um, aware, which, which I think is great. Um, there's, there's definitely guys, you know, that are, that's, um, that deal with you know certain things differently. Um, yeah, not everyone's going to go through a whole year and you know not suffer any sort of anxiety or you know because at the end of the day you're going to be judged on your performance. You know, so from week to week, you know, some guys you know don't really know if they're going to get picked or not. So their their week to week is you know anxiety about well, yeah. Um, Am I going to get picked this week? Or um, I haven't played a game, an AFL game, in a, in a few years. When will it be my when will it be my turn? You know, mm. I, your family is sort of waiting or wanting to get the good news. So there is a lot of factors in it, um, but there's a lot more. As you said, there's a lot more um, knowledge around it now. So I, I feel like because the plays um, have um, you know have come out and it's been a lot more acceptance um, and understanding. I feel like it's it's been it's been such a good um, a good thing, and not for just sport. I think it's been a really good um, for for the general you know, the general society um, because you can probably forget from time to time that there is you know the the most important thing is just that you sort of your mental space and you know and looking after you and your family, and um, if that means you know you don't play. Um, you know that that weekend because you know you've got something wrong with with your family or you know having your baby for all that. Well, that's mm. you know all these things that you know that can be um, somewhat um, to other people not as important to you. But I feel like you know it, it only happens you know once in a lifetime with mm. you know with you know having a, a child or you know if you're missing on something really really important back back to where you're from if you get to stay. You know you don't really get that time back. So. Mm. I think there's a lot more acceptance um, just because of the awareness, um, which is, I feel like, a good thing because you're going to get, you know, um, the player to be in a really, really good, you know, space mentally, um, which will make them perform even better. Mm. Oh, mate, absolutely. You know, it's sort of a win-win if you look at it that way. It's the same as any workplace, mate, you know. Exactly, um, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're working uh, in corporate world or in a role that you are now, if, if, if your leaders have got that mindset... Great, you know, everyone, everyone, performance just takes care of itself, you know, um, uh, because everyone's engaged and, and they're, they're wanting to be there and they're contributing and they're working towards a common goal. And, um, yeah, you know, as I, as I touched on it before, um, we're, we're, we've come a long way. There's still guys, you know, in the workplace, in sporting clubs and that that have, that have had challenge, uh, trauma, all those sorts of things, but... I guess the awareness is there and the ability to wrap their arms or wrap your arms around them to support them is, is very, very um, 
you know, good. And I just think, um, you know, we're at a really good time now to be able to embrace um, the ability to, to be able to sort of keep ourselves mentally well and do things that support our well-being rather than take it the other way. And um, it's changed a lot over the last, you know, few decades. And, um, you know, just, just getting people like yourself on to, to, to talk about your experiences is, is, is so helpful to guys out there just to give them an understanding of what it's like to go through as a player, but also, you know, the all the good things that we see, there's also lots of things underneath that that uh, we may not see. And, um, uh, you know, yeah. it's been been a really uh, good conversation, Michael. So I'm really grateful for your time and uh, very wary of your time to get back to your beautiful kids and so forth. Oh, so, they'll be in uh, bed, mate. Yeah. They should be in bed if they're not. <laughs> yeah, they should be in bed. Yes, yeah, you better go and sort them out, mate. Uh, I think, wait, how old do you say? Six and eight, so they're probably still up. Yeah, no, they're not too bad. They usually go, they usually go down at a reasonable hour. But um, yeah. my little girls, obviously, yeah, she's she's the one I'm going to look out. I have to look out for because my my little boy is a sensitive one, so he usually does the right thing. But um, as the the days going on and the weeks are flying by, the, the girl is definitely. Um, yeah, she's going to be the one I'm going to have to watch out for because <laughs> she's she's definitely got a few things going. I reckon. Tell me, um, will they both play football? Uh, my little boy plays footy. He plays for Brody. Um, Bobby's catch at the moment. He loves it. He yeah. just um, yeah. Ever since he was young, he just loved loved any ball. So when he was young, he just picked up any balls, and he just happened to um, love footy. I got him a little footy. I don't pressure anything. If he, you know, when he was younger, I just loved having a kick with him. He loved it. So he's one of those kids now that he just wants to know, you know, who's playing who, um, what's the score, can we watch the game? Um, my little girl doesn't, she doesn't know anything about footy, um, yeah. but she likes, you know, she likes being around it. But she, she actually is doing tennis at the moment. So, right. um, yeah, she, she's a bit of a sporty girl. She did a bit of dancing, um, but yeah, as long as. As long as they just, I feel like in sport and that with the kids, I feel like if they just, you know, if you keep them busy, you try and get them into some sort of sport, um, I think it's great because you, you've got, you know, the weekend and um, you actually go out and you know, you've got something to do. You, they're, they're keeping fit. Um, and it might not even be sport, but it just might be going to the park or something, you know, like um, to get in the picnic or going for a family walk or a bike ride or, or just something where you can actually have that, that time, you know, um, especially being a big week where you got work and, and whatnot. But um, I feel like um, in my time, because I wasn't able to as much um, spend that quality time with the family because I was always travelling, you know, every couple of weeks and yeah. um, just not having that ability to, if we wanted to go out, you know, on a Saturday night or go somewhere, well, well now I can. Mm. Um, whereas... When they were young too, they were oh, that like three years, so they would have been sort of two and sort of four-ish. Um, whereas now it's I don't have to you know check my schedule or I might I'll be able to you know go. But but now I feel like it's um, yeah I don't know I just feel like now with all you know because you've got your phone you can there's so many opportunities now to take photos and videos and mm. um, I think people now just want they don't want to miss you know. Um, a lot of the time with their with their kids and, and loved ones, and and that's probably why a lot of people just you know any time they get any chance they get they take photos of their kids or, or videos because um, you know time is so precious and um, just and especially on the back of this COVID stuff, which is you know another probably conversation, but um, mm. I suppose it just shows the importance of you know um, 
having that chat, um, you know, checking in with people, you know, what I've been doing actually, which I don't, I don't even know why I was doing it, but I've just been going through my phone of lately, probably the last, you know, few months, and um, I've been going through my contacts, and if I haven't spoken to someone, you know, in years, I'll just randomly call them and actually see if it still calls that, that person. And um, so it's one of those things that I've just sort of started. Not not to start anything, it was just more about, hang on, I'm, you know, it'd be nice maybe to see how they're going or what they're doing. But, yeah, I've just mm. been doing that every sort of few weeks and um, mm. just touch touching base with, you know, old friends or um, numbers that, um, you know, I wasn't sure of. But it's, it's actually been pretty good, little little experiment. If oh, you want to call it, good on you, mate. I, I, so, I, I noticed, uh, yeah, I, I do that occasionally too, and I've got like about seven hundred and eighty bloody contacts in my in my, oh, my phone. But yeah, I'll do that every now and then. I'll say, oh, what, what's such and such up to, and just give them a bell or a text or something. It's really great to, to do that, you know. Yeah, I was just, it was just, oh, I don't know why. I was just, just even um, some old friends from. Uh, from school, like school. I had their number and I just haven't had a chance to, you know, call them or yeah. um, so it's just been, you know, but just lost track and I suppose, it's, you know, it's never sort of too late to nah, just it. to see what people are doing and, um, can give them but a yeah, lift. it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was actually good to hear some different voices and see what they're doing and yeah, obviously, the, you know, people having kids and, um, but yeah, I think this time and this day and age is, People are very wary of, you know, how things can change really, really, really quickly and, and just making the most of, you know, what you have and and appreciating what you've got and, um, mm. yeah, it's just trying to be, you know, that um, a good example for your, your kids and, and whatnot. Absolutely, mate. We're, we've got, you know, you're, you're in your mid-30s, you've got another 50 or 60 years ahead of you, you know, you're making some really good ones and, and what you're doing, like that, that example just there, that, that humane side of life is so important. We get so swept up in the material part of it, getting you know work and dollars and buying houses and all that sort of shit, but there's so much mm-hmm. more joy in actually like reaching out to someone and asking, how are you, you know, and that, uh, that, that's humanity in its essence and um, gets you back to the way you felt when you were a little kid, you know, kicking, kicking between a couple of trees, you know, uh, just yeah. in a pure, pure yeah. state of, of, of joy and being again. And, you know, that, that's accessible to us every day. We sort of get swept up with all the bullshit, but um, if we can do something. Yeah, we things, do. Yeah, we, yeah. We definitely do, mate. I think about it sometimes because we're so, you always, you know, you always want to do better and you just, you know, you need to grow and you need to perform and all this sort of stuff, and which is great. You know, I think it's, it still gives you goals and whatnot, but... Um, yeah, but sometimes you do just have to, I suppose, you know, just take a back step. And I do it sometimes and think about, you know, the days we used to go to the front and kick with the old man or, you know, go to school. But, um, and then you try and do that with, you know, my kids and um, try and, I suppose, carry that, um, those memories. Um, and you're trying to predict what the, my kids will be like when they get to, you know, 30. And, mm. and then you hope that they say, well, I did this with, you know, my dad or my mum. And, um, mm. Yeah, without trying to, you know, um, predict their their future, but you, you want to be able to, you know, leave uh, some really good marks and memories in, um, you know, in now. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about kicking the footy with my dad earlier, actually. And, uh, oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, as, as we discussed, my dad's in a nursing home with dementia now, and, you know, it's... Um, it's really sad, but like all those really great times um, when, when you're a young fella um, are, are special. Yeah. So, you know, make the most of your time with your kids now and, you know, 
try and get to a few games, mate, if you can. Are you still going to the footy a bit, the Suns and the, the Lions? So I still go every now and then. Um, yeah, I don't go too often, but, um, yeah, I don't mind watching it on the TV. But, yeah, I was actually at the game the other... I actually went to... Who was that? I went to Richmond, the Lions, actually, the other day. Um, oh, yeah. At Mexicon. Yeah. So that was... Uh, that was good. So just been able to, you know, go to footy games now. Mm. Um, yeah, I couldn't tell you what it, uh, how different it was to be able to, to actually watch the footy, let alone, <laughs> um, you know, actually having to have to sit somewhere because you're you're a player and you sort of got you know section to well, I don't want to play sit and that, but, but mm. being able to go any game now if I want and um, you know sit down and, and take take a little boy or take the family, which is um, mm, awesome. yeah, which is really really good. Yeah. Gives you a bit of um, you know. A bit of freedom and, um, and days that you you know you can just you can just be um, one of those days. You can just if you want to go, you go. Yeah, that's it, mate. You you you're really blessed, and I reckon you know all those all those training sessions, all the all the work you've done. Um, geez, mate, you you you've deserved everything that's um, that's come your way. So um, really grateful for you for spending time um, having a chat, mate. And I'm sure there's going to be lots oh, of people nice. get a lot from this conversation. Well, thanks for thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, everyone, everyone, I suppose, goes through different different things, mate. Like footy players, they they go through lots of things, you know. Um, I'm sure there's there's plenty of guys, um, girls that you know, get they go through hard times. Everyone does. Mm. Um, but I, I, you know, how, how do you you know make it less less difficult and less um, less harder? You know. I think it's just really important to sometimes just say what you feel. You know, it's it's mm. we put up this um, wall mask, uh, this sort of yeah. this shield that yeah. um, you know that everything's okay. And sometimes it's actually you know it's actually alright to to not be okay because you know, that's how you sort of can get things get things moving. And for whatever reason, um, you know, it's there's there's so much so many things happening these days. It's um, it's just happening so quick, but um, yeah, I feel like it's really important to just. Just I find sometimes even speaking to people, just general chit chat, sort of helps me get back up, you know. And I'm yeah. not feeling that great. Um, yeah. Actually, asking other people what they're up to and what they're doing, and so. Mm. Um, oh, mate, that's awesome! Keep you know? doing it. Keep doing it. You know, we need more people yeah. in the world doing those sorts of things and not isolating themselves and just keeping the the heart open. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, it is. You're doing a good thing, mate. You're doing a good thing. Guys, what a uh, amazing, uh, heart-centred young man, uh, Michael. He just yeah, really, really um, gave us a good indication of his own career and what sort of was going on inside and outside the footy club and all the uh, all the things that go on with uh, with being a professional athlete. And obviously, he had the work ethic to uh, to give himself the best chance to get to where he was. And um, uh, you know, he's come out the other side of a footy career of, geez, what was it? Uh, Ten, maybe fifteen years of two thousand and four to two thousand and nineteen. So uh, a pretty good run in in general. And. Um, uh, yeah, really, more, more importantly, such a beautiful fella, you know, a really good fella, um, you know, and he's got part of his life uh, done, but he's got a hell of a lot more of his life ahead of him, and there's more um, good stuff to come for Michael Riscatelli, I would have thought, so 
Appreciate your feedback. Uh, thanks for, for listening in. If you'd like to send me an email, support at backmind.com.au. Um, website is going to be updated soon, but it's still there at backmind.com.au. Please share it around to some people, some awesome guests coming on soon. I reckon you'll really enjoy too. So thanks for listening in. Cheers.